the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I am your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our reviews of the player cards in the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. This time around, we are going to take a look at the Seeker customizable cards. We're going to talk about Alchemical Distillation, Empirical Hypothesis, and the Raven Quill. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing, respectively. Cards that you build around or cards that are good in one particular deck get a Bless Token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the list of taboos or are simply bad for the big game get a Curse Token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. You all rock! If you'd like to be amazing like these people and support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty, Nicole Fiscus, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for their contributions to the channel. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back everyone to our reviews of the player cards in the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. We are making our way through the customizable cards for each class. In this video we're going to take a look at the three Seeker customizable cards. Just a quick reminder that we are not really going to be rating these. We will talk about their, uh, their power levels and whatnot, but uh, due to the customizable nature of these cards and the sheer number of variables involved, uh, we won't uh, be giving them a rating. We are going to uh, start off with Alchemical Distillation. It is a, a two-cost asset that has a willpower skill icon. Item and science trait, customizable, uses three supplies as an action. Spend one supply, choose an investigator at your location, and test one intellect. If you succeed, that investigator performs one of the following options. Draw two cards or gain two resources. Alchemical Distillation takes up a hand slot. Now, Alchemical Distillation has uh, seven customizable options, ranging from uh, 1 XP all the way up to 5 XP. Mending Distillate adds the option of healing to damage, while Calming Distillate adds the option of healing to horror. Enlightening Distillate adds the option of placing one charge or a secret on an asset you control, while Quickening Distillate adds the option of moving up to two times. Refined uh, Alchemical Distillation enters play with two additional supplies on it. Empowered is a four or 4 XP. When you initiate this skill test, you may increase its difficulty by two. If you do, increase the value of the effect granted by each option by one for this test. So you'd be getting, say, two cards or three cards or three resources. And finally, perfected for five XP. If you succeed by two or more, the chosen investigator may perform two different options instead of one. What do you think about this card, Matastrophic? So I, I kind of like this thing because I like I'm always a big fan of secret cards that let you help the team. And I like how this thing you know, just like your favorite card, medical texts, it uh, you know, it, it's like you you pick an investigator and you make a test, and if you uh, and if you succeed, something good happens. The effects themselves are kind of gentle for an action. I like that they exist. I like how you can um, you can add in some healing in there, and it's nice that you can help the team. But I think the the real good stuff here is uh, perfected, where you spend five XP and both your copies let you do two things, because that's when you get the real action compression. 
even if those two things are um, spend an action and a supply to have an investigator draw two cards and gain two resources, that's four actions for the price of one. I think that's when things get really good. But other than that, you know, it it seems okay. It's it's kind of in the same vein as like the um, oh, what's it? Strange solution. Um, except there's no offensive option here. It's kind of the this is it seems like the strange solutions that uh you that no one ever remembers because they're not acidic kicker. Yeah, perfected seems really uh necessary here. Yeah. I'm not wowed by the sort of the just the the basic only getting one of the things after you spend two resources and a card, it's going to take you a while to actually recoup the action you spent and the card you spent and mm-hmm. you know I know that drawing two cards and getting two resources is better than just taking a basic action, but it just doesn't feel like quite enough. It really feels like you need to to have perfected in the mix so that you're getting both for one action. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a, a big issue with this one. We've been uh, sort of looking at various decks that uh, these cards would work in, and uh, the one that sort of attracted me was using... I think it was enlightening distillate uh and uh, perfected in order to play this with ancient stone knowledge of the elders so you can ah uh, yeah so you can uh, mm-hmm. trigger it to draw two cards and place a one charge on the uh, knowledge of elders so you get to draw two <laughs> cards knowledge of elders triggers to do two damage and then you drop another charge on the knowledge of elders so you get to extend its lifespan a little mm-hmm. bit but uh, you could certainly do this with all sorts of other very powerful seeker cards. Pendant of the Queen, Ariadne's Twine, Aeon Chart, Mr. Rook, the Necronomicon, you name it. You can dump charges on those. I guess my only problem with that is uh, if you can afford those cards in your deck already, you're probably winning at Arkhamore, the LCG. And so kind of true. adding <laughs> alchemical distillation into the mix I mean, you've already beaten the game at that point, especially if you're playing on playing with the list of taboos and you've picked up some of these cards or it means you're just going to win more, I guess, is the uh, is the <laughs> issue. True. I think the use case I, I see myself using this for is um, Carolyn Fern. I've been kind of on a Carolyn Fern kick lately and I could see doing perfected, just go full support. You know, I do perfected and I take Culbing Distillate, I think. Because Carolyn can get the full 10 XP out of this, you know, because it heals horror. So I can go like, all right, all right, friend, I'll uh, make a test and you get to heal two horror and gain a resource and draw two cards. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty good for an action. That's uh, almost on the level of, uh, oh, what was it? The um, the researched asset from uh, Edge of the Earth, the one that where you um, spend an action and one of your friends draws a card and heals a horror around that level. I'm like, okay, that's not bad. I can see myself doing that. Um, just kind of as like a support option, you know, where I'm giving other people like cards and resources. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be picking up the the healing damage and horror ones if I was just playing it in a in a regular deck. I I do like mm-hmm. the placing of a charge, but yeah, I think if you're going to go that route, you're really probably committing yourself to playing a high powered seeker because the thing about this is once you sort of if you're going the perfected route you're taking it out of most uh off class seekers almost immediately True. so then you're True. really just focused on on pure seekers 
refined is really is is nice if you need the extra charges three supplies obviously five supplies is better if you can uh, afford it empowered is interesting but i I'm, again i think perfected really trumps it in, in getting to the action compression yeah, get so. that action compression in there yeah so uh, a few yeah. options with uh, alchemical distillation it's not too sexy i do like but i do like the support options the next card we're going to talk about is Empirical Hypothesis. It is a two-cost asset with an intellect skill icon, talents and science trait customizable, limit one per investigator, forced at the start of the round. Choose one of the following criteria for this round. You fail a test by two or more, or you succeed by a test by three or more. When the chosen criteria is met, you may exhaust Empirical Hypothesis to add one evidence to it. And as a free triggered ability, you can spend one evidence to draw one card. Now, Empirical Hypothesis has eight customizations, ranging from uh, level one to, uh, to four. The first four are basically adding different criterias, ranging from you run out of cards in your hand, you are dealt damage or horror, you discard a treachery or enemy from play, or you enter a location with three or more shroud. Uh, all of those uh, criterias uh, can trigger the draw. Peer review costs 2 XP. The chosen criteria is met if any investigator at your location meets it instead of only you. Other investigators at your location may trigger the free triggered ability on empirical hypothesis. So basically with peer review, you can share the draw with uh, friends at the table. For 2 XP, you can get research grant, which uh, empirical hypothesis gains uh, a free triggered ability spend to evidence reduce the cost of the next card you play by three so rather than getting the draw you can uh, reduce the cost of cards irrefutable proof costs three xp and empirical hypothesis gains free triggered ability spend three evidence discover one clue at your location and finally for four xp you can get alternative hypothesis after you exhaust empirical hypothesis you may resolve its forced effect Choosing a criteria you have not chosen this round, then ready it. So basically getting uh, two uses out of uh, empirical hypothesis uh, each turn. That's a, a lot of text for a card that basically lets you draw a card every round. But uh, <laughs> this is one of the, uh, the customizable cards that is uh, pretty good, even just if you don't spend any XP on it. It's uh, basically like a Lucky Cigarette case that uh, doesn't take up an accessory slot. And uh, Lucky Cigarette case is uh, pretty common in, uh, in many rogue builds that, uh, that can use it. The uh, criteria for triggering this thing aren't uh, particularly onerous, especially if you're a high-powered seeker at a low shroud location. I discover a clue, I succeed by three or more, I get a card of the deal. And then... Uh, if you want to pump some XP into this thing, you can uh, change it around a little bit. What do you think about this one? So, I think uh, in sh the pro I think my main problem with this card, because I, I I find this thing pretty problematic, is um, the fact that it's a forced trigger at the start of the round. Okay, pop quiz. There is one other player card in all of Arkham Horror that has a trigger window at the start of the round. What is it? I think it's Mind Wipe. Not Isn't the start mind. of the round. I'll, I'll double check Mind Wipe just for you. Mind Wipe is... The start of the phase? 
That's a, that's after a phase begins. Okay. There is one other card that has a trigger window at the start of the round, and it is Tides of Fate. And the fact that you're looking it up right now on Arkham DB tells you how often you use Tides of Fate. And even Tides of Fate, you can trigger it during any um, fast action window. So I think the 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 real problem with a uh, empirical hypothesis is that you have to remember to use it. Because, <laughs> remember to set your criteria because no other card in the entire game like makes you make a decision at the start of the round. So you really gotta like watch out for that. That being said, like you're right, this is basically just another lucky cigarette case or lucky rabbit's foot. In fact, my favorite use case for this is just don't even bother with the upgrades. Just stick this into like Jenny Barnes or like. Um, Daryl, you know, or just like Min or just anybody where anybody you can take it, put a single copy in there, you know, set your criteria to what your, your deck is already doing. And then just like tell your friends every round, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing succeed by three and then you're good. Yeah. The fact that you can like draw a card whenever you want, you know, is pretty nice because, uh, you know, you can draw a card whenever you want. One thing I will note about the upgrades, they seem like they seem kind of specific and I wouldn't even bother with them, to be honest, unless you're doing some ridiculous alternative hypothesis where you're trying to trigger multiple criteria in a round. So you could kind of go down the rabbit hole there, you know, and try to do multiple ones. Of the upgrades, though, the one I would, the one I would actually see myself using is peer review because I'm a team player. And I like how um, it's more likely to trigger when anybody at my location can meet the criteria. And then I like how I can give them cards as well. It's worth noting that the that the hypothesis itself has to exhaust in order to put a uh, and put a what is it an evidence on it, which means that research grant and irrefutable proof are not going to come up all that often, you know, because you either have to exhaust it once a turn to get one evidence a turn, and so irrefutable proof you have to you have to wait three turns to discover one clue, which is like fine, but you could have just played working a hunch instead and discovered a clue whenever you wanted, or you have to do alternative hypothesis chains and then you're looking at like a 10 xp monstrosity you know to like discover some clues so i guess this is just a long-winded way of saying is like personally i would just say keep it simple just use it like a lucky cigarette case and um tell your friends i'm picking the same criteria every round <laughs> because you're gonna forget yeah that's that's basically what i was looking at with this one the peer review was really the only one that stuck out to me as being something i would be willing to purchase especially in multiplayer so you can just share the draw around and if you are unable to use it that round if you're playing three four player i'm sure there's somebody who will succeed by three on a test somewhere like somewhere yeah, or can, fail something use it yeah but the others like you said you know if you're using research grant or irrefutable proof you're going to have to be basically saving evidence over the long term and Alternative hypothesis, well, I, I appreciate, you know, you're trying to maximize the number of times you're getting to trigger empirical hypothesis each turn. It just seemed like this is going to cost a lot of experience points. And because the effect is basically like drawing cards or then you've got to pick up research grant and irrefutable or irrefutable and proof. You could driven. run out of checkboxes at that point. Yeah, you know? just... The uh, the deck sort of that that sort of stuck out to me was uh, using peer review and research grant for oh, in yeah. multiplayer just to sort of you know if they don't need the card draw they can reduce the cost of a card which is helpful. Obviously, this one combos with Daryl Simmons, who can use the evidence for other things. 
And then uh, the deck that uh, actually sort of stuck out to me was, uh, or the deck that I'd be interested in building with this, is uh, some of the rogues who can't play lucky cigarette case because of their oh. of their build so i was looking at a deck that mm. was using uh trish scarborough with lock picks and uh, cards like crystallizer of dreams precious memento or the red oh, clock good so good because yeah. all of those cards take up accessory slots you can't necessarily easily play lucky cigarette case with them you can of course mm. pick up the uh that card from uh the dunwich legacy that lets you play an extra accessory slot but uh because trish can take imperial empirical uh, hypothesis she doesn't necessarily need to do that and so you get the the lucky cigarette case effect and the right. other effects that you were uh, that you were interested in so right that's true you could just slam two of these in there um one thing to also note is that this because this is limit one per investigator it kind of suffers from a problem that a lot of the customizables have where that if you play or run one of them one copy you're kind of double charged on xp yeah you know because yeah, that's a problem yeah yeah so yeah just long-winded way of saying like personally i'd just say just take it as if it were the base card and like maybe do peer review like because i think that's nice you know you can help the team and it's it becomes more likely to you know meet the criteria other than that i just wouldn't bother yeah, just play Working Hunch. The next card is the Raven Quill. It is a three-cost event with two intellect skill icons, item, relic, and upgrade trait. Customizable. When you purchase the Raven Quill, name a tome or spell asset and record that name on its upgrade sheet. Attached to a named asset you control as a response, when you resign or the game ends, either mark a checkbox on the Raven Quill's upgrade sheet or reduce the experience cost to upgrade the attached asset before the next scenario by one. So the Raven Quill has seven customizations. Uh, for one XP, you can pick up Living Quill, which uh, using the attached assets uh, action ability does not provoke attacks of opportunity. For one XP, you can get Spectral Binding. The attached asset does not take up any slots. For 2 XP, you can get Mystic Vein. You get plus 2 skill value while performing skill test on attached asset. For 2 XP, you can get Endless Inkwell. Name two more Tome or Spell assets that you can uh, attach the Raven Quill to. For 2 XP, there is Energy Sap. The Raven Quill gains as a free triggered ability. Exhaust the Raven Quill to move one secret or charge from an asset you control to attached asset. For 3 XP, you can get Interwoven Ink. After you resolve an action ability on attached asset, you may exhaust the Raven Quill to ready another asset you control. And for 4 XP, there is Supernatural Record. When you play the Raven Quill, instead of attaching it to a named asset you control, you may search your deck, discard pile, and hand for a copy of the named asset and play it, paying its cost. Then attach the Raven Quill to it. Now, I have to admit that this card nearly broke me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> the sheer number of options. Man, oh man, it took me a long time to wrap my head around uh, this card mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, what it could do. What do you think about this one? So I started thinking about it, and initially I just went on my normal you know, secret outrage path. Which I'm sure, like half of you have like come just to see me flip out over a secret card, 
But uh, the more I think about it, the less impressed I actually am with it. I got to be honest. Okay, so first of all, it suffers from the problem of you have to you have to draw the asset that you named, the specific asset you named, put it into play before you can use the Raven Quill at all. So it suffers from the problem of you have to draw things in a certain order, unless you spend four XP. Then you can get supernatural record. Which, you know, might be, you know, kind of neat, but it's nothing special. We already have the level two, level two mystic spell that lets you name a spell and go searching your deck for it. Like right. we already have, yeah, we already have that. There's nothing special here. And then I looked, I was like, XP, like, first of all, why? Like, why do you need to just give away XP? But then again, I looked, I just thought about it some more and I was like, well, it's just a bad delve too deep at that point. You know, because you might as well just spend one on delve too deep and get an XP for the whole table. You know, rather than go through the rigmarole of having to like name an asset, go find the asset, play the asset, pull, you know, draw the Raven Quill. Unique, by the way, put the Raven Quill on your on that named asset, and then wait till the game ends to get one XP. You know, it's just like just just play Delve Two Deep at that point. You know, if you're one of those XP cheating people, you know. And then I look at this some more, and I'm just like, it's just such a gobbledygook. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Like, what does this thing really do? Okay, so you can avoid attacks of opportunity. Like, okay, fine. Like. What I, I guess like you can avoid attacks of opportunity. Like, have you ever had like a specific tome where you're just like, oh my god, I really wish I could avoid attacks of opportunity while using this 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 tome that like my deck is all centered around. I I guess like I guess it's useful, you know, because sometimes you engage with enemies. I don't know. The spectral binding is kind of garbage because okay, attached asset doesn't take up any slots. But you had to have the slot to play the asset in the first place, and then the Draven Quill frees up the slot. So what you're so what you're saying is you have to draw three things in the right order. You have to draw the asset, then you have to play it, then you have to draw the Raven Quill. You have to play that, and then you have to draw the asset you really want to play in that same slot, and then play it. So you got to draw three things in the correct order in order to make uh, in order to like justify using Spectral Binding. It's just like garbage when you know what's going on i mean you got endless inkwell but it's like why because you can only play one raven quill anyway so it's like why spend two xp on just being able to just put it on different assets it's like that means your deck's not really focused at that point you're not it's like you're just wasting xp at that point so of them all like the energy sap one actually looks like you can do you can really do something with it just like as a way to recharge a particular asset that i can see stuff happening I mean, if you're doing mystic stuff there, and or even seeker stuff, there's already like other cards that add more, that add a bunch of charges at once. I'm thinking like Truth from Fiction, or uh, Winds of Power, or um, what was that skill card we were talking about in the mystic reviews? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was that skill card in the mystic reviews that can like no nonsense just recharge your asset. Yeah. You know, like oh, you could yeah. already Ghastly just possession. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, it's just like you could just do that anyway and just add charges that way. You know, you don't have to go through all this like rigmarole, you know? And then you've got interwoven ink, which like seems like it could be really crazy. Like you set up your chain and you do crazy stuff, but you know, and it's it seems like it could be a lot of fun. But then again, like how many like decks have you seen that have used sign magic level three? Which is because that that does exactly what sign magic level three does, where you like you have you have an asset, you use it, and then you ready something else, and you use that as well, and you get like an action chain out of it. With all the setup, like people don't do that because they like it's almost like they realize it's just too much work. 
So I guess what I'm getting, what it is, is I, my, my brain initially started broken. I initially wanted to flip the table and be like, God damn it, make another broken ass secret card. But then the more I thought about it, I'm just like, this is just bad mystic cards, you know, to be honest, all wrapped up into one. It's got good art though. I'll say that. Yeah. I it think is, uh, yeah. when I say that this card uh, nearly broke me, it was uh, sort of just the gobbledygook of... Yeah. of stuff on the card that I was like really struggling to wrap my head around. Now, after I sat down and sort of looked at it, uh, yeah, I agree with you that a lot of it is, you know, for one XP, which you have to spend on the Raven's Quill or upgrade the card that it's attached to. Now, I do, the one question I had was when you name the asset, I don't think that asset has to be in your deck, does it? Like at the start when know. you're building your deck, <laughs> d can you just name any oh. card? Like, okay, I'm gonna get I guess shriveling or I'm trying to think of like an XP a card that costs XP that doesn't have a level zero version. Like, can I name that card? Oh, uh, probably. Like, I guess it doesn't seem like there's anything restricting it, so it just says name a card. Okay, I I name a card that isn't in my deck, and then eventually I buy that card so I can use it with mm -hmm. Ravenquill. But the, the one that did stick out to me was Interwoven Ink because I think that one, of all the upgrades, we don't have that many cards in the game that allow you to ready an, an asset that is exhausted. That's true. And that's true. Ready an, access that, an asset that's exhausted, there are not very many. And I can see that working on Tomes. And there are okay. a, lot of, uh, a lot of cards that that do exhaust that are quite powerful I immediately check to see if you could work this with duke of course you can't but man oh man this would be totally busted if you could play it with ashcan pete and duke because you'd be like okay i exhaust duke i do a thing with the raven's quill i ready duke i get another duke action every turn that would be crazy <laughs> i have seen i believe it was valentine 1313 built a deck using this and double double from the rogue card pool to basically double 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 which is pretty pretty uh, crazy <laughs> i think he it also included crystallizer of dreams so you could double 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 then double use the thing again stack it on crystallizer of dreams so you could commit it to a skill test that's pretty crazy the one that i was sort of looking at this is totally janky and i don't know if i would ever play it but if you use this with Vincent Lee, Book of Psalms, and Spirit of Humanity, you could add six bless tokens to a bag for one action, which doesn't oh, seem bad. Hey. <laughs> so you, you oh, basically man. use, you put the quill on the Book of Psalms. So you trigger Spirit <laughs> of Humanity to add two bless tokens to the bag. Then you use the Book of Psalms, which heals the horror you just took. Right. adds two more right. blessed tokens to the bag and then readies the spirit of humanity which then you trigger again to add two more blessed tokens you could add knowledge's power to that mix so then you can trigger the the book of the psalms book without taking an action yeah and then <laughs> if you really want to get janky you could add say brand of Cthuga and early Ser and earthly serenity to the mix and mm -hmm. pick up uh what was the card? Um, what's the one that lets you add the two? Uh, Endless Inkwell. 
I think if you get yeah. interwoven ink and endless inkwell, it still comes in under Vincent's uh, XP cap. So then okay. you could basically trigger it off of either Brand of Cthulhu or Earthly Serenity as well, which would be, I think, you okay. basically add two blessed tokens with Spirit of Humanity, heal the horror and damage you took with Earthly Serenity, and then get to do it again. <laughs> I mean, it's it's totally janky and. <laughs> probably but i mean if nice. you built a support build that was like okay i'm just gonna heal everybody and stuff the bag with tokens oh yeah that might not be bad because the, yeah the other one that sort of i thought about was uh remember when we talked about enchanted bow back in uh in uh, edge of the yeah. earth and one of the problems with enchanted bow is that it has to exhaust to trigger it right this gives you a way of refreshing the bow now you'd have to probably play it with somebody like luke robinson who has access to seeker cards so you play it with luke yeah give him some other attach the quill to say like a brand of Cthulhu. so he shoots something with the bow it doesn't die he triggers brand of Cthulhu to attack the thing again ready the bow so he can attack again sort of thing so yeah it's really janky i don't know if it's even worth the, the effort but that's the sort of thing that this card enables and of all the sort of cards i feel like this is the one that somebody might end up breaking simply because there'll be some effect yeah. that if you can ready it twice a turn it could get kind of out of control but yeah well exhaust is there to so you only use it once a turn yeah yeah but the Raven Quill does exhaust, so you can't loop it infinitely. But uh, well, someone will figure out a way to do it. It'll yeah. probably involve like you like return it. You like discard the asset, you know, because it's an Eon chart or something, and then you like draw through your whole deck again, and then you play it again, and then you know because that's Arkham for you. You know, someone will figure it out. So yeah, Raven's Quill is uh, there's a lot going on. I'm not entirely sure if it does a, a great deal of anything, doing a lot of stuff to sort of drawing drawing a bunch of cards in a particular order to, to sort of save an XP seems like a lot of work when cards like Delve Too Deep exist and you can just give everybody an XP. But it does enable some, some interesting builds, so uh, there you go. It took me a long time to figure out the various uh, <laughs> decks simply because you need sort of just the right investigator right who can take there are quite a few i was actually surprised though there are a lot of cards that or assets that have like that exhaust clause on them that might be for good reason might be interesting if you can uh, mm -hmm. unexhaust them to use them twice a turn yeah i mean that being said we already had what's it um sign magic level three i didn't you know for getting extra actions and stuff and i just never saw that got got any good use so i it seems like one of those things where, like, it, it, like, in your brain, it seems interesting, but then you go to do it, and you're just like, well, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, like, just do what you want to do, you know, with cards that exist and without all the rigmarole. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to do it for our look at the Seeker customizable cards in the box. Let us know in the comments down below what you think about these ones. Have you uh, had a chance to play around with the Raven's Quill? What are some of the interesting interactions uh, you've come up with? Let us know. Any final thoughts, Metastrophic, on the Seeker customizables? I felt uh, initially reactionary when reading these because, you know, you, you got to have your guard. You got to have, like, 
you know, your your guard up when you're looking at secret cards, because then you know your brain's immediately going to figure out how to break them. But the more I think about these, the more I'm like, yeah. That being said, I do appreciate the um, alchemical concoction, how it can help out multiplayer. I like it. I, I like that. I can see myself actually using that. I like the art, too. It looks pretty good. I like all the blues and stuff, and you know how it contrasts with the yellow of the border. I'm like, oh, this looks nice. You know, this, it, alchemical concoction feels like a... Uh, it feels like a more support seeker. I like support seekers. I have a feeling I might pick it up for Carolyn Fern, to be honest, because I'm kind of on a Carolyn Fern kick right now. But... Um... Yeah, support seekers seems good. Complex, you know, take a lot of steps seekers to draw lots of cards. I'm like, yeah, whatever, don't bother. Yeah, I think uh, Alchemical Distillation and Empirical Hypothesis are probably the easiest cards to slot in. Raven's Quill seems like it uh, requires a, a little more thought, and I don't know if I necessarily want to sit down and commit the time necessary to, to figure out that sort of interaction i'm not as a solo player i'm not really a big fan of of combo decks simply because they just take usually just take too much time in solo to to get the combo together and by the time you do you could have just spent all that time just winning the game anyway so exactly you're really only pulling off the combo just for i don't know bonus points at that point i'd just rather beat the game one xp gets you it gets you one xp beat the game and and move on but uh i mean empirical hypothesis is is i mean you don't even really have to spend any xp on it it's it's pretty good exactly it just works right out of the box and Mm -hmm. alchemical distillation i think you you sort of need perfection to to get enough value out of it but again what's what's that i agree five xp for two copies is you know it's it's not not too bad if you look at it at 2.5 xp per copy it's it's not bad like i was saying i like i kind of like where the carolyn fern aspect where i can go six xp get two copies spend an action heal somebody for two horror have them draw two cards or gain two resources and then give them another resource from carolyn i'm like that's good that's like five actions of effort you know for one I'm like yeah i can see myself playing that i think one of the the issues that we do run into here much like some of the other cards we've seen is that uh Unless you're playing two copies, you're really going to be overpaying XP. Yes. And yes. in the case of Empirical Hypothesis and the Raven Quill, you're really only going to have one copy on the table at any time. And so you're really paying a lot of XP for those abilities. So yeah. that's something. To at keep at in least mind. the hypothesis works. You can just slot two copies of it for zero xp and two times zero is zero so you don't get double charged that's gonna do it for this episode if you enjoyed what you hear remember to like comment and subscribe if you need to contact me i can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com i'm also on twitter at manfromlang until the stars are right keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer take care out there and happy investigating